Greens are so
Good morning, church family. How is everybody this morning? Pardon? Cold. This is the day that God has made, and we shall what? Rejoice and be glad in it. This is God's day. Aren't you glad we don't control the weather and he does? If it's like the thermostat in the church. Last church I, I, I was in, they played with thermostat all the time. I finally had to set the rules down and say, hey, I'm the only one really working today, so I'll set the thermostat to suit me, okay? And they left it alone after that. Because half the church is always hot and the other half is always cold anyway. We are going to continue to look at Psalms 19. And we're going to look at the last part of it. Last week we talked about how there were two, two ways God revealed himself and his will to people. Through his creation and through his word. The first um, six verses of Psalm 19 talks about God in his creation, how he reveals himself and his will through that. And then in um, verses uh, 7, 8, and 9, it's talking about his word. Now, I told you all last week, this is a very special psalm to me. It was through John MacArthur in a, a, a conference down in Charlotte was preaching uh, and he preached from this psalm, and it made me realize that up to that point, I'd just been reading God's Word. I needed to listen to God's Word. Amen? We all do. And then he also revealed to me that uh, God's Word is a lot deeper than I thought it was. And, 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 and I really enjoy getting into the deep things of God. And it was also through that... Uh, that particular conference that God called me into full-time ministry. And so this psalm is very special for me, especially 7, 8, and 9. Let me just read that part to you again. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Praise God for that, amen? Uh, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. And last week I told you there were six words that described God's word, law, testimony, statutes, commandments, fear, and judgments. Um, there were six words that um, told of the attributes of God's word. It's perfect, it's sure, it's right, it's pure, it's clean, it's true, and righteous. And then six results. It converts the soul, making wise the simple, rejoicing heart, enlightening the eyes, enduring forever, and is united as one. Now, this week, we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. Now, you have to understand, when we say God's word is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, true, and righteous, God's word is a reflection of who God is. Amen? 
it's a reflection of His nature. So when we say His Word is perfect, we're saying God is perfect. We're saying God is sure, He's right, He's pure, He's clean, He's true, He's righteous. And all the nature of God is reflected in His Word. And if you want to get close to God, if you want, talking about being on the right path, talking about walking the pathways, amen, brother? And God's Word being the light that leads us on that pathway, and that it, it, and we find all that in God's Word. We find, and if we focus on it, if we study it, if we read it, if we listen to it, you know our lives would be a lot easier. Amen? Amen? You can say amen. It's not against the rules. But in the second part here, it's going to talk about how we apply God's Word to our lives. And he says, verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. God's Word, it is... It is something worthy of being desired. It's, it's knowing the true value of something. Now, it's saying more to be desired. What do we desire in our lives? What do most people desire? If you could sum it up in one word, what do most people desire? Money. Why? Money buys stuff. Money buys respect, they think. Money buys, you know, power, authority, all those things. But when we come and accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we bring him into our lives, when we apply him to our hearts, if we do it right, it will change your whole world view of things you will look at the world differently than you did before. Amen? You will see things differently. I've always said godly wisdom can be defined by seeing things as God sees them, hearing things as God hears them, and seeing the world as God sees the world. And if you want a prayer that can really shake up your life, you go before God Ask God, God, show me as you see me. How many of y'all are brave enough to do that? Amen? Because if you do that, God will show you as he sees you. And it's sort of like getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror. We look in the mirror and say, boy, what a good-looking person you are. Now, don't we? Boy, I look good today. We lie to ourselves every day when we look in that mirror. Amen? And God sees us as we truly are, as sinners in need of a Savior. Amen? And if you have Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
let me tell you something. You may not be there yet, but He's working on you. And He's transforming you. And through His Word, He can make you back with a restored image as you were created in in the first place. You say, well, what does that look like? Well, aren't that exactly what it looks like? It looks just like Jesus. Amen? And so, and so here it says, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. You know, think about this. People desire gold as a monetary thing, right? Oh, they hoard it, they want it, and, you know, and they'll pile it up. But it, my Bible says that the roads in heaven are made of what? Why are we desiring after what amounts to basically paving material in heaven? What good is it? You know the old saying, you can't take it with you. One thing I've never seen, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. And you start looking at it and you start thinking, well, you know, all this money and desiring and wanting it, I've known too many people that work themselves to death. They say, oh, when I retire, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to have all this stuff, all this money. And they work so hard to get all this stuff. And by the time they, re desire, they retire, they're worn out and they die. And all that stuff they spend all that time accumulating was for nothing. God's Word is more to be desired than the things of this world. Even the finest gold that there may be out there is not worth as much as God's Word is to your life. You see, gold here. And then it says, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now, I don't know about you, but I like honey. Amen? I really do. And I love eating stuff with honey on it. I fix a big old peanut butter sandwich and spread honey all over it and eat it with a big old cup of chocolate milk. And to me, that's a banquet. But, you know, gold appear, appeals to the eyes, right? It's shiny. It's got weight to it. It, it looks good. It's pretty. And it appeals to the, the eyes. Now, honey doesn't appeal so much to the eye. It don't look like much. We know, all know what honey is, don't you? Bee barf. But boy, is it good. I don't care what it is or where it came from. It's good. And it, appear, it appeals to the taste buds. And, but he says God's word is sweeter than that. Now, I like eating honey, but you know what I like devouring even more than that? is God's word. You know what I think is more precious than all the gold in the world? God's Word. 
That's how my worldview changed when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. It wasn't instantly. And I'm still not there yet, neither are you. But we're getting there. You know, the, the society today, most young people today, know the cost of everything but the value of nothing. Amen? I have grown, as I've grown in Christ, as he's transformed me more and more into the likeness of himself, Jesus. What I look at and what I desire has changed. God's blessed my wife and I in so many ways. But the things of this world are just stuff. Things that I eat too much honey and peanut butter, what happens? I get fat. Or I got fat, I should say. And you know, people with money, they worry so much about getting more and keeping what they've got, they never really enjoy what they have. I'd rather spend hours in the morning in God's Word than doing anything else there is. It's what I desire in my life because it's the only thing that will get me from here to there. Amen? More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. By God's word, you are warned that if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there will be consequences to your choice in your life. We all make choices every day, amen? Every choice is like a stick when you pick it up. The choice is on one end, and on the other end, it's what? Consequences. You can't make a choice without a consequence. Now, consequences can be good or bad. Amen? But you got to know the consequences of the choice that you are making in your life. So, God's Word, by them, your servant is warned. God sees two types of people in this world. Amen? Those who are saved and those who need to be saved. Period. There are no other kind of people. Amen? It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what culture you're coming from. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. You're either lost or you're saved. If you're lost, the consequences to that are eternal and dire. 
If you are saved, the consequences of that are also eternal. But they're wonderful. I've had people tell me, oh, when I die, I just die. There are no consequences to the choices I make. I don't need Christ. When I'm dying, I'm just worm food. And I say, I think you're wrong. He says, well, I think you're wrong. I said, okay, that's fine. But if you're right and I'm wrong, I'll just be dead. But if I'm right and you're wrong, I'll be in heaven and you'll be in hell. Are you willing to take that chance that you know what's best for you in your life? God's word directs us in the path that we need to be on. God enlightens our eyes so we can see it. God gives, excuse me, God gives us the strength that we can follow it. God leads us. Jesus is out in front leading us to where we want to go, to the final goal, to our final destination. When we step out of this world of darkness and corruption and separation, and we step right into the presence of God, and he welcomes him, welcomes all of us into his heaven. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Eternal happiness, eternal joy. Streets of gold, mansions. But that doesn't matter. All I want is to be in the presence of God. It's what I want for my life now. It's what I work towards in my life now. The closer I get to God now, the happier I am. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Reward. Great reward. Good consequences. The final destination, the goal. For those who are in Christ, for those who have Jesus as the Lord and Savior, there is a great reward that will come. It is the hope I cling to. Amen? It gets tough out there sometimes, people. I know it does. What keeps me going? It's having the final destination in sight. Amen? Do I know what it's going to be like? Not really. But I know some. I know all the things sin brought into the world darkness, corruption, separation, and death. The Bible tells me in Revelations that there is no more darkness, there is no more pain, suffering, corruption, or decay. We will be one with God, so no more separation. 
and we have eternal life. Death is banished. So all things sin brought in will be banished. Great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. You see, the problem with the world is they're living in darkness but don't know they're in darkness. They're living in sin but they don't know they're living in sin. The darkness blinds their eyes. And you say, well, you know, there's still morality out there. And really? Have you noticed morality sort of... Well, we still have a conscience. Well, we seem to be able able to overcome that pretty easily. Amen? The world? You see, the world doesn't understand there are consequences to sin. There are consequences to wrong living. There are consequences being on the wrong path. And only through God's word, only through God's light that shows you the path. Amen? A light unto our feet. It shows us the way we need to go. It shows us who we are. We are sinners in need of a Savior. Cleanse me me from secret faults. The things I used to think, the things I used to do, I didn't realize the consequences they brought into my life. Now, I had a lot of younger days when I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. I put a lot of stuff inside my body that I shouldn't have. And even though God has forgiven me, I still suffer some of the consequences from things I did when I was young. I got two hearing aids because we used to go to those rock concerts and when they still had festival seating, we were right up there in front and stage. And we used to do stuff and take stuff that, and drink stuff and And my health isn't what it could have been, should have been. So I like Mickey Mantle said, he said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd sins. You know, there are people out there, and some of them are sitting in these pews in these churches all over this country that think they're good enough to get into God's heaven and they think that they're because of their power because of their th- because of their money and their status and all this sort of stuff they're they're beyond the standard Oh, that's the standard for the little people out there. I'm above that. I, 
I'm part of the government. I'm a head of corporation. I have one. I have this big house. It means I'm important. God's not going to pass judgment on me. God's not going to hold me to the standard that he holds these other people to. God would never keep me out of heaven. I set the standards for myself. God will understand. You know, in all my years of praying to God and talking to God, you know, the one thing he's never done as I was, he's never once asked me my opinion on what I think about some of his standards. You know why? He doesn't care what I think. They're his standards. And I better care what he thinks. He's given me everything I need to know right here in his word. Who can understand his error? Cleanse me from sin. Keep, your, keep back your servant also from breaching. Don't let me get think that I'm so high and mighty that I'm a, some kind of super Christian, that uh, God's standards don't apply to me. I'm just too good to be kept out. There's only one number one, and that's Jesus, and everybody else is number two. Nobody's any better than anybody else. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're in that all part. Let them not have dominion over me, rule over me. Then I shall be blameless. I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Blameless, upright, innocent. You know, I really, now I don't, try not to criticize anybody else, but I, I don't like it when somebody says that Christians have been acquitted. That's not right. You know what acquitted means, don't you? It means you found the loophole to get out of paying for your crimes, right? We haven't been acquitted. That mean, acquitted means you're still guilty. You just don't have to pay the price for it. Amen? What we have in Christ is Jesus, here's one of them theological words. I can't hardly say it, much less understand it, but here goes. Propitiation. It doesn't mean we've been acquitted. It just means Jesus paid the price for my sin. All sin must be paid for in blood. Amen? And through his shed blood, my sins are forgiven. And that, um, I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great, I shall be innocent just as if I had never sinned. When I have Jesus, he paid for my sin. He paid for my past sins, my present sins, and 
Forgive me, God, for my future sins. And he knows them all already. He paid it with his blood. And the last verse, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let Jesus, who is in my heart, be heard through the words of my mouth. I tell you all the time, what's in you is what comes out of you. Amen? If the stuff that comes out of you is not pleasing to God, it's because the stuff that's within you is not pleasing to God. And when you go through trials and tribulations, it's like being squeezed. And when you're squeezed, what's in you comes out of you. Amen? What comes out of you when the pressure is on? Is it Jesus or is it the world of flesh? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let me, one last thing before I'm going to let you go eat. Don't worry. Nobody's going to starve. We're all going to, I don't see anybody just ready to die of starvation in here. Amen? Especially me. I could go a long time without eating. When I stand before God in his heaven and he looks at me, he's going to look directly into my heart. And if all he sees is me, judgment's going to come. My final destination won't be heaven, it'll be hell. Because if I think I can save myself, I'm lost. But if he looks directly in my heart and sees Christ in me, if he sees Jesus in me, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Jesus is their savior. Jesus is their advocate. Jesus is the one who went to the cross to take our place. He shed his blood so we could live. Let my heart and what comes out of me be a reflection of Jesus who is in me. Oh Lord, my strength, my rock, and my redeemer. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, what? Except through me. If you're not walking with Jesus, you're on the wrong path. And one thing I learned, because I like to hike up in the woods, all paths lead somewhere. Amen? 
but I want to be on the right one. I want the one that leads to heaven. I don't want any of those other paths because they all lead the same place too and it's not heaven. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, it's God's way through Christ or no way at all. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Father, April 1st, 1990, you spoke those words to me, Lord, follow me. I didn't know where you wanted to lead me. I didn't know what direction you were going. But I knew I had to follow you if I wanted to be saved. So I surrendered myself to you, Lord. And Jesus, you've led me and my wife on a path that I would have never dreamed of. And Lord, you're not done with us yet. You still have work for us to do. I don't know where you're going to lead us next, Lord, what you would have us do. But I'll follow you wherever you lead us, and we'll do whatever you call us to do. Because you're my Lord, as well as my Savior. Father, if there's anybody here today that's not on that same path, they need to get off the path they're on and get on the path and follow Jesus. The path they're on may be wide and it may be easy, but it's not right. They need to be on that narrow path. They need to be focused on Christ in front of them and following him. There's only one, only one number one. And that's Jesus. Everybody else needs to just line up behind him. If we stay focused on him, if we stay focused in your word, we won't stray. We won't wander. We'll stay on the one true path. If you're here today and you're not on the right path, you come here in a minute. We're going to sing a song and and. We can take God's word and show you how you can know that you're saved today. And you can start on that path. And you'll grow and you'll mature and you'll start producing. And joy will fill your life and the light will guide you. And as we draw closer and closer to the presence of God, joy will fill our hearts, gladness fill our lives. We're pilgrims, and our hope is not in this world. It is in their homeland to come in the presence of God. If you don't have Jesus, please come. Give him your heart today. Let him save your life.
God loves you and wants salvation for you in your life. And it is in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. All to thee.